Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Another night of mayhem in Portland. We are going to discuss violence. Ooh, scary. We have a new conspiracy theory or a new political tactic. We'll discuss that in a moment. And pizza. How done is too done? All that's coming up right now 
and I'm right. I have huge news that you don't care about at all and shouldn't. The DNC convention is kicking off now, like right now. And who's speaking tonight? Bernie Sanders, Catherine Cortez Masto. That's a senator. I really need to learn more about our senators. Governor Andrew Cuomo, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Representative Jim Clyburn, Bernie Sanders, Gwen Moore, Governor John Kasich, oh yes, Senator Doug Jones, Senator Amy Klobuchar, and former First Lady Michelle Obama. Are you going to watch it? No, probably not. Two different reasons. One, you know I'm going to bring you all the highlights throughout the week of all the really stupid things they say. That's one. Two, you know what they're going to say. Everything at this DNC convention, and this is amazing because what I'm about to say is right, and it's kind of depressing. Everything you're going to hear at the DNC convention is going to come down to one thing. America sucks. That's what you'll hear all week. That's what the Democratic Party has become. And I do say become, and this is what I mean. I don't foresee, because of how far right-wing I am, I don't foresee that there was ever a time in the history of mankind, if I had a time machine, that I would go back in the United States and consider myself a Democrat. Democrats were the party of slavery. I don't, I don't like slavery. But past all that, let's get to the more modern era. Even in the more JFK days, I don't think I would have been a Democrat but I could see myself voting for JFK, maybe. Maybe his opponent sucks, maybe he doesn't. I could, that's a war hero. Loved America. The old DNC conventions, American flags everywhere. America's the best. America's going to the moon. America, America, America. I can't vote for this party now. I could never vote for this party now. Because they hate it here. And that sucks. Because you know how often the, G- the GOP makes me mad. They're weak and they're stupid, and they're always cowering before the media. It drives me crazy, but they have my vote, and they're going to keep my vote because I'm going to vote, and I can't vote for these idiots, and I can't vote against my own country. I have always said, in the answer to that question, people will ask me, Jesse, if you were given the chance to moderate a Democratic primary debate, what is the one question you would ask? And mine is so simple, and it would throw them for a loop. My question would be this. Tell me what you love about America. Think about the Democrats today. Think about watching them try to answer that question. The entire party platform is America sucks. It's not some fringe part of the Democratic Party now. That's what they stand for. America sucks. We need to change the whole thing. I can't get down for that. So you just sit back and enjoy my show. Don't worry about that DNC convention. Now, on to current news. I feel like we're showing you the same thing every single night because we are. We're showing you left-wing street violence in places like New York City, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, across the United States of America. And the reason I'm showing it to you every single night is it's happening every single night. And it's become so common now. It's been happening for so long. I'll be honest, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm a little numb to it. 
It's my job to pay attention to this stuff and then bring you my thoughts every single night. And I look at it now. They sent me that video first thing this morning, and I looked at my phone and thought, yeah, I figured. And isn't that horrible? I hate to use this term that everybody's using now because it's always been abused for some idiotic coronavirus, you know, measure to reduce the spread or whatever it is. But the new normal, is this just normal now? Is that what it is? These left-wing cities, acts of violence taking place, is it normal now? And if it is, and I think it is, I think you're numb to it. I know I am. If it is, why is it normal? How did we get to a place where violence against our fellow citizens has become normal? I'll tell you how. And this is about to get real uncomfortable, but you know I do that. The American media, they're all Democrats. We know that now. It's over 90%. Not just the people you see on TV, not just the people you read, the producers, the writers, they're all Democrats. It's, it's the, the entire field is stocked full of Democrats. Only, back to what I was saying in the very beginning, we're not talking JFK Democrats here. We're talking this disgusting new breed of Democrats that hate this place. And not only do they hate this place, They hate you. They hate me. They look on you with absolute disgust. And it's not as if I think some producer in a newsroom is, is looking at the newest headline. You know, oh, somebody got killed. Somebody got shot. It's not as if I think they're looking at that and outwardly going, nice, another Republican down. <laughs> got him. But I do think they're looking at it and saying to themselves, well, well shouldn't have been a Republican. They are. You can see it in the way they cover or don't cover stories. Even if they get shamed into covering some story they didn't want to cover because it might make Democrats look bad or might make Republicans look good. They'll, they'll put it with, they'll put headlines on there of mostly peaceful protests disrupted by this one act of violence. Okay, two acts. All right, this is the 60th day in a row. But either way, mostly peaceful. Why? Because they agree with it. One thing as a brief side note, it's my show. I can take side notes all the time. I was talking about John Dillinger today on my radio show. You know, the old stick em up bank robber. And one of the things I found fascinating when I read about Dillinger is how much the public loved him. How much they loved him. And the more you dig into it, you figure out the reason the public loved Dillinger at that time is it was Great Depression era and the public hated the banks. The banks that were taking people's homes from them. The banks that were closing down with people's life savings inside before money was federally insured. It's all about who you're attacking. So the public saw Dillinger was robbing banks and thought, I mean, I don't love robbery, but it's kind of nice to stick it to the banks. That's how the American media thinks about you. That's how they think about me. If you put on your MAGA hat, and walk down the street and somebody slaps you in the face and takes it off your hat and stomps on it and rubs it into the ground. It's not that they all want that to happen, but they're all, I mean, they're not, they're not that uncomfortable with it either. You kind of had it coming. And only with the approval of the American media can you get night after night after night after night 
of this brutal act I'm about to show you. Now, let me qualify this really quickly. You know I don't like to do that much, but I know many of you like watching this show with your kids. There's nothing uh, racy about this, nothing adult-themed, but it is a little bit more violent than something I would normally show you. I think it's important to show it to you, though. I think it's important for you to see what these people are see who they are, see what they're willing to do, because let me tell you something, they will do this to you without hesitation. That is a man, obviously we blurred out his face, unconscious. And he's not unconscious because he tripped on the sidewalk. He's not unconscious because he had a little too much to drink. He's unconscious because some Antifa Black Lives Matter rioter in Portland well, they dragged him out of his truck, they beat him up, and then when he was sitting there on the ground dazed, some guy ran up to him and punted him in the face like he was some kind of football. Say a prayer for him if you wouldn't mind. I don't know the individual, I don't know anything about him, but it is my understanding at this moment he is still very much hospitalized and not doing that well. That's reality. You and I watch it on TV. We, we look at it on social media all the time. We think, oh, man, that looks terrible. That's happening here, right here in the United States of America. And the media, they'll hardly cover it. Or if they do cover it, they'll make every single excuse. One, one random guy amongst all those peaceful protesters. Well, there have been a lot of random guys, hasn't there? There have been a lot of violence, looting, rioting, murdering over the past couple months the truth is this the the american media approves of left-wing violence against republicans they do i don't care how mad that makes people they do now the portland police bureau um they had 60 unanswered calls on 911 last night well they were a little busy they put out a statement quote at the time of this release, over 60 calls for police service were holding around the city. Some had been holding for the length of the events described here. Call types ranged from theft, vandalism, suspicious activity, hazards, hit and run, burglary, violation of restraining order, alarms, stolen cars, harassment, and many others. You see, while cops in these cities are attempting to fight off the hordes, good people who are picking up the phone and need help, Help isn't on the way. We have media-sanctioned, Democrat-sanctioned street violence taking place across the United States of America right now. How disgusting do you have to be? Oh, you're mad that I said Democrat-sanctioned? Here's a member of Congress. I'm looking to the public. You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in, in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. 
Well, make the phone call, send the email, show up. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's plenty to go around. There needs to be unrest in the streets. They don't even hide it anymore. They look at these videos of the rioting, the burning businesses being wiped out, people being hurt, people being killed. They look and think, hey, man, that's how the commie revolution goes. Got to break some eggs if you want to make that omelet. That's how they look at it. And that's what we're up against. Be ready to defend yourself out there. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, I have this thing about life's little ironies. Good ones, bad ones, they give me a smirk. You know that American flag you fly on the 4th of July, maybe all the time, whatever the case may be? Here's something you're not going to want to hear there's a good chance it was made in China. Isn't that terrible? You fly it because you love this country, and I'm glad you do. Keep flying it. Get one that's made in America. Get Atlantic Atlantic flag and pole and get Atlantic flag and pole now. They have this Phoenix telescoping flagpole kit. It's fantastic. It makes life completely easy. Your flag, instead of getting all twisted up, you know what it's like in the wind when it gets all twisted up and you look out and your flag's wrapped around? No, they have a 360 design. It's just going to blow in the wind. And it's made in America. A family company that's made in America and their only mission is life in life is to make sure they have old glory flying in every single yard. And isn't that a cool mission? I don't know about you, when I walk out on July 4th and I look up and down my neighborhood street and I see nothing but American flags, it does my heart well. Go to AtlanticFlagPole.com. That's AtlanticFlagPole.com. Do not forget to use the promo code JESSE. It'll get you 10% off. Go get you one right now. We'll be back. The Democrat convention. As I told you in the beginning, it's kicking off. And I want to talk about election season before I show you the idiotic Democrat campaign video, convention video, whatever you want to call it. Election season's coming up. And what you've had, especially this year so far up to this point in time, is you've had bad polls for Donald Trump. I'm not here to tell you that that's going to change. I'm actually not here to tell you Donald Trump is going to win in November. I hope he does. I'm going to vote for him. You need to vote for him. We need to work hard to make sure Joe Biden is not president of the United States, even if you're mad at Trump about some stuff. That's all that stuff aside. But you've had all these bad polls about Trump's Trump's disapproval. Trump's disapproval. They disapprove of Trump. But here's the issue. Two things. One. Everybody hates the president now. Or at least we'll say they hate the president now. Why? Democrat, Republican, whatever it is, he's the one calling the shots. Let me ask you something. In this country that loves football, how many times have you actually heard a football fan say, man, I love our head coach? Ever? Ever? The only time you ever hear a fan utter those words is coming fresh off a national title. And even then, a national title or a Super Bowl, and even then, what, 24, 48 hours? Then it's back to, ah, 
How's he letting our star wide receiver go? This guy's a bum. Fire him. Let's go get let's go get so and so from somewhere. Is the head coach an idiot? Uh, probably not. Are people always taking shots at the guy at the top? You bet they are. You bet they are. That's part of being president. What I'm saying to you is the reason Donald Trump has these record high disapproval ratings and Joe Biden's up in all the polls is because right now it's all about Donald Trump. It's not about Joe Biden. This election's not about Joe Biden. It may never become about Joe Biden. And if it doesn't, Joe Biden is going to lose. But this is all about Donald Trump. Nobody knows what Joe Biden stands for because he doesn't stand for anything. Nobody's inspired by Joe Biden because he's not inspirational. Joe Biden is just there, just kind of there, sitting there, mouth hanging open as he does TV interviews, screwing up everything he says. He's just trying to exist all the way into the Oval Office, and that doesn't work. I told you before, and I'll tell you again, I don't know how the election's going to go. That said, and I know this is kind of saying two opposite things, but I don't foresee how Joe Biden gets elected president standing for nothing. You can't get elected president that way. The Biden campaign is going to have to start realizing, not that I want them to, that you have to make bold moves to unseat a sitting president. It is hard to unseat a sitting president. The general rule is they get reelected. To unseat one, you have to take big swings. That's why I think they made such a critical mistake nominating Joe Biden. Joe Biden is milk toast. Joe Biden is just a dude. Just a dude is not going to take over as commander-in-chief of the United States of America. Anyway, here's this convention video. These are the people who are the heart and soul of this country. It's the America that I know. We do not scare easily. We never bow. We never bend. We never break. No, we endure. We overcome. And we always, always, always move forward. The threats are too great. The times are too uncertain. His cynicism is unbounded. His lack of empathy and compassion can be summed up in the phrase I suspect he's most proud of having made famous. You're fired. That's a bunch of malarkey. We lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That's the unbreakable spirit of the people of America. That's who we are. And we own the finish line. Don't forget it. Gosh, I can't stand politicians. Is there anything where we lead not by the example of our power, but the power of all our example? And you know that was written by some, you know, political science major at Yale, interning for the Biden campaign. And the dude thought he nailed it too. And Biden read that. He's like, oh man, that's gold. That's going down through the ages. Who talks like that? I cannot stand these people. You know what? That's not even partisan. Republicans too. Who talks like that? Talk like a normal human being. But back to the election. The polls are tightening. Here we got CNN poll results, of all things. 
Biden lead, Biden's lead dropping. August 12th through the 15th, Trump at 46, Biden at 50. Oh, but it was a lot worse. Back in June, Trump was at 41, Biden was at 55. In May, Biden's at 46. Trump at 46, Biden at 51. In April, Trump at 42, Biden at 53. Those polls are going to continue to tighten now. And I predict they're going to do the same thing they did last time during the Hillary election. They'll tighten to within two or three points of each other at all times until election day. Joe Biden is not going to have the advantage of the election being all about Donald Trump forever. At some point, the American people who are unhappy with Trump, and I fully acknowledge many of them are, at some point, they're going to look at the other guy. And that's going to be a problem for Joe Biden. It's one thing to hate the head coach. It's another to choose this guy over the head coach. You can vote for somebody generic against Donald Trump. If you're some independent, I hate Trump. I'm voting for whoever his opponent is. That's easy. That's why the polls were so drastic back then. As soon as it becomes one guy, I hate Trump. I'm voting for, oh gosh, no, I can't vote for Biden. No, that's, that's not going to work. All right, brief thing on this United States Postal Service non-controversy. First of all, let's remember what Trump actually said about it. They want three and a half billion dollars for something that will turn out to be fraudulent. That's election money, basically. They want three and a half billion dollars for the mail-in votes, okay, universal mail-in ballots. Three and a half trillion. They want 25 billion dollars, billion, for the post office. Now, they need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Now, in the meantime, they aren't getting there. By the way, those are just two items. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. They're not equipped to have it. And the only reason Democrats want mail-in voting, you know what it is. It's the same reason they get mad when Republicans demand somebody show an ID to vote, which is the easiest thing in the world is to get a government-issued ID. The entire Democrat political process is geared towards cheating. And I have to be honest, kind of admire it. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you you should cheat. Don't cheat. Don't cheat on your elections. Don't do devious things like that. I admire it because Democrats play for keeps. Democrats play this game all the way. They're, they're about to call the postmaster general before Congress over some crackpot conspiracy theory because Democrats have decided this is Trump trying to steal the election. Democrats going to drag him out in and into Congress, ask him questions. Democrats play the game to win it. They play it all the way. Demo- Republicans should learn something. Now, let's talk about Warriors Heart Foundation. The truth is this. And it can be difficult to think about, but you need to. I need to. You need to keep in mind there are veterans in this nation. There are veterans all across this nation who are hurting right now. They are suffering with PTSD. And they feel alone. And when you're hurting like that, especially when you're hurting and feeling alone like that, you reach for the bottle. 
or you reach for some kind of other medication or drug. Substance abuse with veterans is a big, big problem, and Warriors Heart Foundation is getting these guys the help they need to get over it. We don't like to think about our guys this way, but it is the truth, and it is contributing to veteran suicide and veteran depression. Go support this great 501c3. Go to warriorsheartfoundation.org slash the first. That's warriorsheartfoundation.org slash the first. We'll be back. Joining me now from bearingarms.com, the great Cam Edwards. Cam, I have this thing about leftist violence. I think the media approves of it. And I don't mean they see some dude getting punted in the face in Portland and say, woohoo, I love it, kick him again. But I do think they look at it, Cam, and think, eh, kind of had it coming. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, I think you got to go on a case-by-case basis, but uh, I share a sneaking suspicion that certainly most uh, national media figures probably do that exact same thing. And I, and I think more importantly, as an industry, Jesse, you know, uh, these cable news networks, they, uh, they, they, they benefit from this chaos. Uh, the more chaos that, you know, they can sow and show on their television screens, uh, you know, the more people will watch. I mean, I, I started out in local television, and the phrase, if it bleeds, it leads, uh, is a well-known trope in local newsrooms. And I think we're seeing this writ large in these protests across the country right now. Okay, so is this a leftist love of violence problem, or is this just a media problem? Because you're right. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's good news, but I just have a hard time believing if the shoe was on the other foot, it would be covered the same way. Why well, I, I don't think it would be. Although, you know, listen, the media loves to talk about scary right-wing protests, that's for sure. Um, although they, you know, again, in that case, it's a scary right-wing protest as opposed to a mostly peaceful protest uh, where violence just happens to break out. No, I, I think this does go beyond just media bias, clearly. Um, you know, because obviously we're seeing local officials get involved. We're seeing presidential candidates turn the other way. Uh, we're seeing politicians in Congress talk about locked up post boxes as opposed to people being knocked out in Portland. Uh, no, they, you know, they, they are, I don't want to say that every one of these individuals is fine with what's happening on America's streets, but they sure as hell don't seem that bothered by it, do they? They, should, they don't, Cam. And I wanted to ask you, actually, we're going to get to the post office stuff in a second, but I wanted to ask you about a mentality thing. This is what I mean by mentality difference. I need you to explain to me the mentality difference between the left and the right. I am as far right wing as it gets. And I also, as I said, I'm a soulless monster. So it's not as if I have some compass of right and wrong. But if I woke up this morning and there were a bunch of uh, Trump supporters in MAGA hats in the streets of Portland, and they ran up to some little commie left-wing protester who was sitting on the ground defenseless and punted him in the head like it was a football, putting the guy in the hospital, I would be horrified. I would absolutely be horrified. I would speak out against it. I, I would say, that's just absolutely gross. What are we doing? But leftists do not. Do they just accept the fact that violence is a means to the end they want? I, well, I mean, certainly, if you're talking about uh, Antifa and and the actual communists, then absolutely. I mean, that's that that's that's part and parcel of the ideology. They believe in the violent overthrow of capitalism. 
But I, I think on a more basic level, you know, I think that there are a lot of folks on the left who maybe would never admit this, but they look at that video of a guy being punted in the head and they think, nah, he probably got what's coming. Probably got what he deserved. Now, they don't know anything about this guy. They don't know what happened before the camera started rolling, uh, but they see what they believe to be a, a Trump supporter or somebody who you know, was driving a pickup truck through these protests. He was probably trying to run somebody over. Uh, and they immediately think the worst of their fellow Americans. Whereas I think most of us, uh, and I would include conservatives, but I think a lot of independents feel this way too, and certainly even some, some Democrats feel this way. You know, we want to see the best in our neighbors. We want to see the best uh, in, in this country. And so, no, our first impulse when we see somebody that we disagree with politically is not to kick them in the head uh, while they're sitting on the curb. It is not to try to assault them, try to knock them unconscious. It's not to wish death on these individuals because most of us aren't soulless monsters. Most of us, you know, are trying to get along. We are trying to figure out a way in this uh, fractured and divided nation not to be at war with our neighbors. Unfortunately, not everybody is on that same page. We've got some folks who are, uh, I mean, they're, they're trying to light the fire. They're trying to light the fuse. Cam, I understand this is probably difficult because the Democratic Party, as we've already talked about extensively, approves of this, or at least they want to be hands off it. But doesn't Donald Trump have quite a bit of authority to take a lot more aggressive action if you and I acknowledge the fact a lot of this stuff is paid for and organized? You can't have paid for civil unrest. Doesn't that allow, doesn't that give Donald Trump and the federal government authority to be real aggressive when it comes to breaking these things up? I mean, listen, I'm no attorney, but I would think so. And in fact, maybe, you know, the uh, the RICO statutes are a, a place to go. Uh, but look, there's also the political component to this, Jesse. You can't ignore it. Uh, and, you know, in these deep blue Democrat-controlled cities, they've made it clear that they, they, they would rather have this chaos on the streets than have federal law enforcement officers come in and try to secure the peace. And I think President Trump has said, all right, listen, well, well, if that's the way you want it, then that's the way we'll do it. He's offered help to cities to deal with violent crime. He's offered help to uh, cities. In fact, he's told, I think, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo, get, get your act together in New York City, or maybe we will come in. But that's dealing with street violence, not necessarily the political violence that we're seeing in places like Portland uh, in Seattle. Yeah, I think that the president probably does have the authority to do more, uh, but I think that this is also a, a, a calculation that... If this is what residents in Seattle and Portland voted for, this is what the mayors of these cities are demanding take place as opposed to federal law enforcement coming in and keeping people accountable, well, then he'll give them what he wants. Cam, Democratic Convention started tonight. And it occurred to me as I was looking at tonight's list of crazy speakers that this, con this party hates the country now. But they didn't always. You could never imagine JFK saying some of the things these Democrats have said. We're not going to hear one Democrat at that convention this week talk about what's great about America. Not one. When did that happen? Now, maybe I'm honestly, maybe I'm wrong about this. I can't picture Bill Clinton acting like this, speaking like they do now about America. So is this an Obama thing? Yeah, it's probably been cycling that way. Uh, you know, again, you go back to the 1960s, and uh, I, I think we've had a hard time finding people on the hard left who would have said anything nice about America. The difference was they weren't in charge of the Democrat Party back then. 
right? You still had establishment Democrats who were in charge of the party, maybe by 72 when McGovern was the candidate. Uh, but even then, they still had an aspirational message. But I think Obama, too, had an aspirational message, Jesse. I don't think this can all be uh, pinned on uh, Barack Obama. I think a lot of this has been the left's reaction to Donald Trump in 2016, where they now live in this alternate reality that's a cross between The Handmaid's Tale and The Man in the High Castle, and, and they're the fierce fighters against fascism, uh, and you know every day there's just this looming dictatorship uh, over the country. I think many of them have been broken by the last three years, uh, and they're delusional, quite frankly. So the, the America that they see is not the America that you and I and 350 million people actually live in. Cam, speaking of two Americas, just one last thing, change the subject here, but uh, we have 50-some million people unemployed. Stock market's record high, 50-some million people unemployed. Certain industries like hospitality have absolutely been gutted like fish. Other industries are booming. I feel like the coronavirus response in this country has separated us way, way, way faster than we were already separating. Is that too extreme? Uh, from a from a, a, a quote-unquote class perspective, you mean? Yes, from a class perspective. The from haves a and the have-nots? Perspective, from, yes, from, a, from each other perspective in general. I feel like it has just driven a bigger wedge on all accounts, on all fronts, with Americans. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. So back in March when we all went on lockdown for the first time, I don't know if you had this happen to you, Jesse, but... You know, I, I cover the gun control issue on a daily basis, and I had people who are on the other side of this issue reach out to me very privately just to say, hey, just, you know, want to know I'm thinking about you. Hope your wife's doing okay. This, this really kind of bizarre phenomenon that lasted for about three weeks, and then it went back to normal, right? Then it went back to everybody's at each other's throats again. It was this moment that we probably haven't had since 9-11, where we kind of all came together in a, this is freaking weird uh, uh, moment. That was our moment of unity, right? This is just so weird. We've never gone through anything like this. Then once it became our quote unquote new normal or, or we started to get used to it, then again, those old impulses came back and now we're back at each other's throats again. And I think you're right, probably worse than ever. Uh, I think, you know, the uh, societal pressures that we're facing have been compounded obviously by the fact that this is an election year. Uh, but even if this were not an election year, I think you're right. I think the, the stresses that have been put on our society uh, have caused some of these fractures to break. But, I, you know, listen, I, I don't believe it's time to shoot the horse, so to speak. I think we can still mend the leg. I hope you're right. Cam Edwards, BearingArms.com. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure, Jesse. Now, it's a dangerous world out there. It is, I, I don't have a nicer way to put that to you. It's a dangerous world out there. You need a gun safe or a walk-in vault, maybe just a vault door, maybe a storm shelter, and you need one from Vault Pro USA. For one, it's veteran-owned. That means a lot to me. Support the people who fought for us. Two, made in America. Let us all stop supporting companies that are supporting our enemies. Lifetime warranties on Vault Pro. But look, there's a lot of unemployment. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of theft. There's a lot of fire going on in the nation. Now is the time 
Go to vaultprousa.com slash jesse. That's vaultprousa.com slash jesse. Just check out what they have stock. Oh, did I mention they can customize things? They can customize things for you, and they're sweet. I own a Vault Pro. You should, too. Go to vaultprousa.com slash jesse. While you're there, do not forget to use the promo code THEFIRSTTV. That's the first TV. Save yourself some money. We'll be back. Joining me now is Sam Sorbo. She's a filmmaker and author of a subject I am passionate about, and I want you to be too. The book is called They're Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubt to Homeschool Advocate. Sam, I'll be honest with you. I despise government schools. I just think they are absolutely destroying young minds these days. I think they're indoctrinating instead of educating. And I have really come around on homeschooling big time over, big time over about the last decade or so. Apparently you have as well. Oh yeah, and it took me it took me a little while to really get there, but I'm I'm totally with you right now. And I will tell people that the rioting and the violence that we are seeing in our streets today that is so prevalent these days is a direct response is a direct result of the way that our children are being educated in our government schools and the fact that they're being taught that they are accidents of nature and that uh, survival of the fittest is the law of the land. What do you think looting is? It's survival of the fittest. Sam, the first question I get when I talk about homeschooling, and I talk about it a lot, I get parents who are scared. It's some young dad, some young mom sends me an email and says, uh, uh, I don't know algebra. I don't know. Like they feel it's obviously it's a good thing. Parents are concerned about their children, but they feel like all the things they don't know mean they can't educate their child. Was that was that what you were going through in the beginning? So I had a lot of self-doubt. That's why the title of my book is Journey from Self-Doubter, because that was me to a homeschool advocate. Because once I figured it out, I want everybody to know what a phenomenal thing it is. And what I tell parents is the reason that you doubt your abilities to educate is because you've been taught. You haven't been educated. You've been schooled in our government schools. And there's a difference. And so you've been taught that you can't so that they can keep your children. and. The, the opposite is true, and in fact, you've proven it to yourself because you taught your child how to tie a shoe, you taught your child how to eat with a knife and fork, how to have proper manners, you taught your child up until the age of five or the age of six, and then all of a sudden, you're out of here because now it's the time for the school to take over, and it shouldn't be that way, it's wrong, but the reason that you think that you can't is because that's what you've been taught. Now, let me ask you something. What proves an education? What is the proof of an education? It is the ability to actually teach what you've learned. Because if you can't relate it to somebody and, and teach that person, then do you really know it? And so if you're telling me that you got through high school and you don't know enough to teach a third grader, then I'm telling you, you've been schooled and you haven't been educated. Now, okay, so let's, let's take a step back. Because if you're saying that you haven't been educated, well, come on, we're having a reasonable conversation, so that can't possibly be true. So you know the stuff that you know, you just don't know that you know how to teach it, but you do. And so for parents out there, look, the most reassuring thing is it's all in the textbook, but we weren't taught to read a textbook and take the lesson and then incorporate it 
we we weren't really taught that way. We were taught that you had to be taught by a teacher standing at a blackboard with a you know chalk at a blackboard, and that's not the truth. That's just wrong. But Sam, if I start homeschooling my kids, they're just going to end up as a bunch of weirdo freaks who don't know how to interact with other human beings because they never talk to another child ever. Yeah, it's a really sad thing. No, that's not true. And colleges these days are actually recruiting homeschooled children because they understand that the education paradigm in the household is a much stronger paradigm. Uh, even, even your schools are telling us um, you know, parents need to be involved. They have to be connected with the kids. They have to do the homework with the kids every day. And by the way, if you're doing homework with your child after school, you're homeschooling. You're just doing it on someone else's sort of turf and, um, and you're kind of pinch hitting and you're a substitute teacher. And that really puts you at a disadvantage with your relationship with your child. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's silly to think. Now, it used to be when people homeschooled, it was because their children were really struggling in the system. And so there was just nothing left for them. But these days people are choosing to homeschool. You've got a lot of so-called normal kids out there being homeschooled. Uh, so yeah, it's, and, and you know, the whole socialization, well, what about socialization? Well, these days with COVID, forget about it. You're not socializing in school. That's a no-no. You have to wear a mask and you have to be behind plexiglass and you can't look at the other part. I mean, I don't even know they're chaining children to their desks these days. Um, people, so people say, well, you know, how do you socialize your, your homeschooler? You know, my son, my oldest, who was, you know, my guinea pig, um, he just passed a million one on TikTok. He got verified. He has no social problems whatsoever. <laughs> he's, he's, he, can show, he can teach us a thing or two, actually. Now, how was it? Look, let's, let's stop with him for a second. Did he get tired of spending all day with mom? Is it harder on the kids? Did they enjoy being homeschooled? Did they hate being homeschooled? How did the kids respond to it? So the problem that we have is the way we think about education in this nation is wrong because we've been schooled and not educated. So homeschool really ought to be called home education because it's different than school as you know it. So my kids don't spend the whole day with me. They never did. Um, unless, except when they were like really little and then it was, you know, mommy and me time, like the whole day, right? But once they gain a little bit of independence and as home educated children, they gained independence very early on, then they're off doing their own things and they check in with me during the day and I'm doing my things. And so people who say, well, I work, I work, you know, if you can work from home or if you have a job where you only need to go to work one or two days a week or something like that, you can get this done yourself and if if that's a problem for you then you can hire a tutor who comes into the house i had a friend who did that hired a tutor for each of his kids an out of work school teacher gave them the curriculum because the problem that we're really facing is because we're not we're not educating in our in our schools we're actually schooling children we're not teaching them the basics of civics we're not teaching them the basics of how to we're not teaching them anything important. We're not teaching them how to balance a checkbook. We're not teaching them how to get along in society. I mean, it's crazy. And yet we have so many people sending their children into these public institutions and just sort of hoping and praying for the best uh, outcome. And they have no idea what's going on in our schools. And don't get me started on the sex ed stuff because that stuff is off the hook, crazy. That's some Oof. crazy stuff that uh, they're doing to our kids in our schools. It is. 
Sam, all right, I have, I'm sure, a million parents watching this right now, and they're curious, what's step one? How do they begin? Do you, do you get online and order a, a social studies textbook? What do you do if you want to at least start looking into this whole thing? Well, you could get online and go order my book at samsorbo.com. That would be a good start. Uh, in my book, I convince you of why you need to keep your children out of the government schools. And I also give you this, the starting steps to how to, how to start getting it done um, the way that I did it. Uh, since I've written the book, I've, I've even come farther. And what I want parents to understand is you don't have to replicate school at home. What you want to do is teach your children to be good citizens, to be good people, to be productive, okay? And that looks like different things to everyone. That's, it's a completely different paradigm for each of your children even. And so really just share your life with them. Yes, go and get the basics. Get them a math uh, workbook, for instance. Get them, get them some history books. Get them some classic literature. Don't give them the, the smut that they're giving kids in school today, the crap that they're having kids read today. Uh, with Common Core, they've changed from giving kids fiction, which is, you know, storytelling, and that's, you know, that can be very compelling. They're giving them technical manuals instead. I mean, it's literally like they're taking education and they're trying to make the children reject learning. And I don't know, when you, when I graduated, um, uh, uh, when I graduated school, I felt like, gosh, if I never have to, you know, do another uh, class again, I, I will die a happy woman, that kind of thing. I mean, it really sort of cured me of, of ever wanting to learn anything ever again, in a sense. So really what you want to do is inspire your children to learn, to want to learn. That's really what you want to do. Sam Sorbo, thank you so much. Everybody go buy her book. I appreciate you, ma'am. Oh, and go to my website. I, I've done a ton of videos to help people get started, first steps, you know, what to do when you're on, the, on your road and, and uh, ways to convince you that you can do this. I'm really all about empowering parents because you can do this. They're your kids. Sam Sorbo, thank you so much. Here's something else you can do with your kids. Speaking of educating your kids, it's more than just history. It's more than just algebra. What if you got to know survival with your kids? I'm not talking about throwing on a backpack with your child and hiking through Antarctica. What if you just got to learn the basics of survival? You know BattleBox gives you the opportunity to do that? The show, it's on Netflix, it's called Southern Survival. They pull out these battle boxes, which they will send to you with a subscription every single month. And in each box is all this high quality, different survival tools. And it's different every month. Talk about the ultimate gift for a family. Sit down together, either watch the show and learn, or they send a little card teaching you about each and every item. The ultimate subscription gift. Go to BattleBox.com with no E. Remember, BattleBox.com with no E. Don't forget to use the promo code JESSE. Save yourself some money. We'll be back. I have an FYI for all the pizza companies out there. Add a well-done option on your menu when you order your pizza because everybody knows, even though no one wants to admit it, Everybody knows the pizza is better when the cheese is just starting to brown a little. 
when the crust is just starting to crisp up a little, when the pepperonis start to do the little curly thing and they get the kind of hard little crust around the outside, that is pizza perfection. See, this guy's got it figured out. That's going to be one satisfied customer right there. Nailed it. We'll be back tomorrow. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time hey have you ever used cheapo air for years and i really like it with cheapo air you can book online use their app or even over the phone They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Who is there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. 
the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, the Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. Over 80 walks, runs, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org.